At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. You want those idiots who believe in analytics? Yep, I am. Guilty as charged. Hour number two. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio. Uh, however you're taking us in this morning, I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Uh, still to come this hour. I uh, want to run some audio from primetime action last night, which I did with Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin. Bryant McFadden, former uh, NFLer, former Florida State Seminole, two-time Super Bowl champ, um, he talked me into a, a week one NFL bet. And it sort of had to do with exactly what I was mentioning with Drew Ditzig earlier about this notion of where's the dress rehearsal going to be this year? And because teams are playing it differently – are some teams in, in trouble in week one? And I really, I'm really i starting to think that is an absolute thing that we have not talked enough about this week uh, or this offseason, this, this preseason, I should say. So we'll, we'll get to that a little later. But first, ladies and gentlemen, if you have listened to uh, the podcast for many years, Betting Dork Days, Beating the Book podcast, and here on a numbers game, uh, this gentleman and I have done quarterly reports on baseball through a betting lens for years. And we always start out with the most widely available information uh, that you can find on uh, public websites, and we winnow it down to the most proprietary uh, first inning first inning uh, numbers in this case. But we talk umpires, we talk five innings. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, from an undisclosed location somewhere in the desert, it's Mark Borchard. How you doing, Mark? Gil, I'm doing great. I forgot your podcast was even called The Betting Dork. I, I do remember <laughs> those days, though. Oh, many moons ago. Hey, before we do the Q3 stuff, do you have any plays today? Full slate of Major League Baseball. Um, so I would be remiss if we didn't start there. What did you bet today? Yeah, I'm going to uh, start off with a lay the wood parlay, and this is an interesting combination. So yesterday, the I put these games out at uh, Milwaukee was minus 155, and the Cardinals, I'm betting on the Cardinals, and people are going to be, what, what is basically we're doing, at minus 167, but these games have come up. The Brewers are now minus 225, and the Cardinals are minus 205, and uh, I'm still going to go with it. I, over the years, that these games that have had like significant line movement towards the the line that I've made, uh, they've been pretty successful over the years. So I'm going to make make a lay the wood parlay with the Brewers Cardinals. A uh, hundred bucks gets you 112 back, mm-hmm. and a big big pitching disparity. Burns is a 99 percentile by that three metric chart I use all the time, and Male is only a 60 percentile. So we almost got a, a thir- we got a 39 percentile advantage in the three metric rating there. And then Flaherty, I've got at 60 percent, which isn't awesome, but Casey Mize, he's a 21 percentile by that. Uh, three metric chart. And then I do talk about the Cardinals being the luckiest team in baseball, but right now they're the third luckiest team in baseball. And who's the second luckiest team, the Detroit Tigers. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals brewers in a, in a lay the wood parlay. And I'm going to go with the Mets. Uh, I like this Tyler McGill, this uh, three metric chart has him rated at a 72, a 72 percentile Sam long, not that high on. I've got him at a 32 percentile. And then McGill, if you look at his last 
uh, three of his last four starts at home by that three metric chart have been over 75 percentile or greater. So I'm banking on McGill going to going to lay a, a minus 105 with the Mets and uh I don't know. There could be some magic going on. I, was, I, hope, it's, I hope it's reverse magic. <laughs> I was just about to say, you know where I'm going with this. Have you factored enough Giants magic into your algorithm? Seriously, into your model. Come on. When are you going to learn? No, we'll well, one of the things that, that we've been talking about with that Giants uh, bullpen is, hey, they're going to they're gonna collapse. And, and so far, they have not. In fact, over the last 30 days, they're fifth in baseball. And over the last 14 days, they're third in baseball. But despite that, I'm going to lean on the overall ratings that I have. The Mets fourth in baseball uh, overall by that three-metric bullpen rating and the Giants 14th in baseball. So I, I do expect some regression. However, we really haven't seen it, Gil. Yeah, so you're on the Mets, and you have a Milwaukee-St. Louis two-team parlay that plays uh, pays about plus 112, was it, today, uh, with those two teams. Okay, those are the picks. And I just want to say this about the Giants. Uh, and I said this at the very end of the show yesterday because, you know, I joke around about the whole Giants magic thing. And by the way, it's not a joke. I think you realize it's not a joke now. Um, but we're well, all you've been talking about yes. it all year, too. Yes. So, like, I mean, at some point, it, it, it it's a real thing. It's well, that's so this is what I'm getting at, which is we're all so locked in and justifiably right to some degree where we're saying, OK, look. The Giants, this regular season, oh, my God, unbelievable. Can they sustain this and win the division? Um, again, if they win tonight, they clinch a non-losing season with almost a, you know, a quarter of the season left. That's one thing. But we're so locked into this notion that they are not built for the postseason like, say, a Milwaukee is. And, and that's not wrong. It's Gil Alexander, Mark Borchard, base winner right here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, uh, talking baseball Q3 here momentarily on a numbers game. At VEASAN, FUBO, Sling Game Plus, iHeartRadio, and of course, uh, VEASAN.com and the VEASAN app. But I just, you know, I feel like we've all kind of gotten into groupthink about that. Like, oh, well, the Giants, they're not, they don't have that starting pitching, the bullpen. Like, it, it just, they're not built for a postseason like the Brewers, like the Dodgers. Uh, you know, pick your team. And I just, I'm sort of now starting to recoil at that where I'm just like, you know what, man? We don't know. This team may just be that resourceful. And, 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 you know, postseason as well. Well, yeah, and you wonder about the analytics. And, and I, I know I did a study about a month and a half ago, and they're the best team. They were at that point the best team in baseball getting to that 2 and one count, which is a pivotal count. And little things like that that are really hard to quantify unless you just dig, dig really deep into yeah. the metrics. But, you know, that between the manager and, and the front office there, I mean, this guy, these guys are analytics guys. So I think they're doing uh, – they're going Tampa Bay Rays with their, yeah. their you know, really granular analytics and they're, and they're incorporating that because if you look at like the overall, like, you know, the macro analytics, I guess they're not great. But if you start digging into the micro ones, oh, maybe there's something there, Gil. In Farhan Zaidi, they trust. That's for sure. in San Francisco. And uh, yeah, those guys have been saying it for a few years now, uh, a couple of years, Yastrzemski and Dickerson and Solano. They are so much better than the average baseball fan thinks they are because they're never in any conversations for MVPs, that kind of thing. And then you add the Crawford Posey years out of nowhere kind of thing. And that's what you have uh, in the Bay. All right. Q3. Let's start with the, with the widest, most widely available stats. And this has to do with just ROI on teams. Uh, if you bet these teams, this is the, the whole thing that we've done for years. If you bet these teams in a bizarre, this is a bizarro exercise. Let's say you bet every single one of these major league teams or, or specific major league teams, every single game of the year, whether they were a favorite or a dog, laying the juice if they were a favorite, uh, betting uh, a unit to win more if they're a dog. 
And if you if you perform that exercise, the most profitable teams in baseball this year, Mark, I don't know if you know or you want to guess, what it, what would well, they we be? Were just, we, we were just talking about them, mm-hmm. the Giants. The, yeah, the, absolutely. The Giants and then the Mariners are up there as well. Yeah, like, like they're like five cents difference between the two. If you bet the Giants or the Mariners mildly all year, you're up a 27.25 units or 27.3 units roughly for both of them, uh, for each of them, I should say. Second place is not close. It's the Rays. You'd be up 15.15 units as courtesy of covers um, if you had bet the Rays every single game this year. And then I just, you know, the rounding out the top five, because one of these one of these teams is not like the other. It's the Tigers in fourth and the Brewers in fifth. The Tigers, I mean, can we say, besides the Giants and maybe the Mariners, they're the most uh, you know, surprising team to the good in baseball this year? Oh yeah, that was wild. When I when I took a look at this this morning, I I couldn't believe the Tigers were there, but they are the luckiest team in baseball. So from that respect, they're yeah. not. A, it's not a surprise. Lucky what through Pythag, through sequencing, well, through yeah, what? And, and, and yeah, the way that I I do this this expected standing charts is I use component stats of weighted runs created plus x fip minus and defensive runs saved. And so their record uh, on the actual standings, this is what you would see when you when you look at MLB.com. They're 60 and 66. But doing the standings, and you use the, the, a little Pythag theorem in that, and you use those component stats, they should be 46 and 79. Jeez. So they have a minus 13.8 uh, uh, expected win differential. Just just doing that is quick and dirty, but but using you know pretty good component stats. To get that, uh, to get that different, that uh, game differential. I, I, I lied. They're the second luckiest team in baseball. Seattle is the luckiest Liar. team in baseball. Liar. Um, yeah, but they're close. They're one, one's third to Detroit's minus thirteen point eight games, and uh, Seattle's minus fourteen point three. Okay, so the point of this exercise, by the way, for, for those who are tuning in for the first time, is how much of this is just narrative? It's already happened, and how much of this is predictive? How much of this can help us win bets moving forward? And I want to go to the bottom of of the uh, the you know, gains and losses for MLB teams this year. Again, bizarro exercise. If you had bet these teams every single game this year and God help you, if you, if you did bet these teams at the bottom of this, every team, uh, every game this year, because I'm going to tell you right now, you're probably doing something wrong, but usually, and this gets back to our MLB uh, brain dead parlay discussion. Typically when we go through the bottom five teams in baseball, there will be a really uh, you know, a, a team that is lined heavily on a on a night in and night out basis, right? So if if the Dodgers say were underperforming, or the Astros, or one of those teams that's catching two dollars every night minus two hundred, if if they're not as good as they were supposed to be vis a vis the day to day market, you'll find them typically in the bottom five because when they lose, you kind of hemorrhage money. Not this year, Mister Borchard. It is exactly the worst teams that you would think. And I think this is very instructive, right? Because it's it's sort of another check in the why you should do the MLB brain dead parlay column because this isn't typical. These teams are so bad that even when they're dogs every single night, they just suck so bad and suck the money out of you. No surprise, the D-backs, uh, your hometown, Arizona Diamondbacks, you would have, it would cost you twenty seven point nine five units if they if you had bet them every single game this year. By the way, because I, I know people are wondering how many of those are on the road. Twenty four point two of those units would be on the Diamondbacks, who won who won their seventh game on the road. Did they last night? Did they did they end up winning it? They did not. They, they got so beat at the game, end. I had that game on the on the plus one and a half. Thank God, because I just <laughs> didn't think they could win. They actually so. lost. Yeah. So so since April. 
They are six and forty on the road. <laughs> oh my it's just, god! This is unbelievably awful. But you know, Mike and I went to that Philly game on Tuesday, and you look at the scoreboard. They have the the lineups on the scoreboard, and you just look at that Diamondbacks lineup. You're gosh, outside of Kettle Marte. You're just, uh, who are these guys? Yeah. You know, and I follow this, like, like I follow the th- baseball, like, you know, 24 seven. And I'm like, who are these guys? So like, right. If you're an average fan, it's like, how, how can you watch this team? That like, That's such a great point too, Mark, which we don't make enough. You, Jason Weingarten, Paul Sporer, like nobody follows baseball closer than you guys. And from all three of you at different times, I'll get a text like, Gil, I don't even know who this person is. Like that, that if that's the case, you said it best. If that's the case, how can any, you know, mere casual baseball fan know? So, by the way, it, it is the Diamondbacks. They're the worst. The Orioles right behind them. You'd have hemorrhaged twenty six point three five units. And again, God forbid that you actually went through this exercise and bet these teams every night. Uh, but the Orioles have lost eighteen in a row. The all time record is twenty three. So the Orioles trying to break that streak tonight. Their franchise record twenty one when they lost the first twenty one games in nineteen eighty eight. Famously, Texas is the third worst. Uh, no surprise there. They would have cost you twenty points. Point two zero units if you bet them every game this year. Minnesota, Washington, the Cubs, Miami, Pittsburgh. That's the list. It's like all, it's the, the six and a half, calling the Diamondbacks a half because of the road record, not really their home record. It's the exact teams we mentioned in the brain dead parlays yesterday. The exact fade teams when we went through each one of these uh, in depth. By the way, the, the first team that is not one of the brain dead parlay fades, the San Diego Padres who have cost uh, betters 12.3 units this year. Just uh, fascinating. And again, that's the biggest point of that is, if you doubt those brain-dead parlays, this is the one year we've done this at Q3, where there's not one good team polluting those bottom eight. The batter's so bad that even as dogs every night, they end up being the worst. By the way, a run line, real quick, because I'm just looking at these now off the cuff, the best run line team in all of baseball this year, Mark. I would, I would say with the Giants. Yeah. By far, 23.05 units to the positive. If you bet the Giants on the run line, which is sort of a de facto power rating, right? Uh, when you're a favorite, you're favored by one and a half. When you're a dog, uh, you get plus one and a half. And so some of your losses or enough of them end up being one run losses. The worst on the run line? I would, I would say it's Baltimore. It's Baltimore, 30.35 units. Interestingly, with the Diamondbacks, they would have only cost you 2.85 units on the run line. That is really interesting. Yeah, that's 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 a pretty pretty uh, interesting stat, Gil. Yeah, and uh, so that would that would justify a plus one and a half. Do they do they have a uh, they, they must have had a lot of one run games? I'll have to check the extended standings on that. Uh, but that's an interesting stat. Okay, let's move again. These are the widely available numbers, uh, and we'll get to the more proprietary. This is starting pitchers now, and this is the bizarro exercise. If you had just backed the team of this starting pitcher every single time they went to the hill. These would be the most profitable. Chris Flexen once again goes to wow. the top. And there's like nothing on his fan graphs page that makes this justifiable, right? It just so happens that the Mariners are 16 and 7 when he's been on the mound this year for over 12 units to the positive. Chris Flexen. How about that? Uh, Webb for the Giants, number two, 9.4 units to the positive. Casey Mize of the uh, Tigers, number three, at 8.95 units right there with more from Philly. And uh, then Gilbert from the Mariners uh, rounding out the top five. Savali, Descalfani also there, six and seven. The worst of all the starting pitchers this year. The ones that have hemorrhaged the most money. Again, if you bet them or you bet their team when they took the hill, I mean, it's really a, it's a combination of Pirates, Cubs, Orioles, 
We mentioned the Padres in there, Diamondbacks. I mean, that's that's what it is. Brubaker, Alzolay, Aiken from Baltimore, Arietta, who's now with the Padres but was with the Cubs, and then Zach Gallon with the Diamondbacks. So it's like, you know, five and seventeen with Brubaker, six and fifteen with the Cubs, one and ten with Aiken and the Orioles. 6-15 and 15 with Arietta, both in Chicago and San Diego, and Gallon 3-13 and 13 with the Diamondbacks. So it's not really even about those guys. It's about their teams sucking. Yeah, the one the one guy that's close up there that I thought was interesting because of the Cy Young deal is Garrett Cole. And, uh, you know, he's only 12-11 and 11 with his wins-losses. And he's lay, but he's laying minus 200. So I've got him at minus 9.27 units. That's a great point. Garrett Cole is, and I will get this right, he is the 25th, he's like the 25th worst pitcher in baseball for betters. The Yankees are 12 and 11 when he started, but of course he's he's been minus money in many of those losses and pretty solid minus money. So he, he has cost betters 4.45 units on the whole this year. So imagine if he won the Cy Young and it's like betters would be like, he, he's the Cy Young award winner, he's cost me, he's cost me money. Um, let's do one more here before the break. Again, these uh, courtesy of covers.com. These are widely available umpires. And the reason that this is great having you doing umpires, and this is interesting for betters who are looking at totals specifically, um, particularly, I should say, you have historical numbers on the, um, on the umpire. So let's take the most reliable over umps thus far this year. We'll flash them on the screen here at VEASAN.com and the VEASAN app. Greg Gibson, Mark, Greg Gibson, when he has been behind home plate calling balls and strikes this year, Eight over zero unders. Greg Gibson, your over leader as far as uh, home plate umps this year. Uh, then you have a bunch of folks who, and, and the reason we skipped to 14, 16, 17 in the rankings, because there's no sample size worthy enough for anybody in between. Uh, but five and ones, five to the over, just one to the under, and six behind home plate for both John Tupain and, and uh, Paul Clemens. Jerry Meals, 14 overs against three unders when he's been calling balls and strikes. Edwin Moscoso, eight overs, two unders. Brian Knight, who you and I every year when he comes up are like, hey, what's your favorite Brian McKnight song? Uh, 11 overs, three unders through his 14 starts. And Dan Iasonia, there's a name from years past, seven overs and two unders. Which of these are historically consistent where it's not just an anomaly, Mark? I like the the Greg Gibson one. Uh, he's 31st and over, but like he's got, he's the number one guy, but he is an over umpire. Not that compelling, but uh what was the the one that you said, Jerry Meals? Jerry yeah. Meals is 14th in the over. Um, so that's that's a pretty good uh, over umpire. I'll just give you my the top guys that uh, right sto- now. How, how many years have you been doing this tracking? I've been, I've been well, gosh, probably since the betting dork days, probably yeah. since uh, you know 2008. And uh, this is kind of a it's a four year weighted average is how I do it. I use strikeout percentage and walk percentage. Uh, ground ball rate to come up with that, uh, you know, a, a expected ERA for the umpire. And then I just scale it to a hundred. That's kind of how I come up with the, you know, the most over or the most, or the most under tendencies. So, so the names that people, like, if they're going to like a stat Fox and looking at umpire listings and they're thinking about, okay, how do I use an umpire angle to bet say an over the names you would say are the ones to look for of this list are who? I would say, oh, of that of that list, I would say Gibson and Jerry Meals. Are, I mean, okay. they're they're over umpires, uh, absolutely. Okay, let's do the underside of things. Let's go to the bottom of this. These are uh, 2021 numbers, courtesy of Covers.com. Again, these widely available, but uh, good for covers for doing this. 
And uh, we'll see. We'll sort of cross-check this with Mark's historical numbers on the umpires. But if we could flip to the unders, guys. So here, here are the guys who, when they're behind home plate, calling balls and strikes when they get the assignment, um, the, the strike zone tends to be wider, perhaps, shall we say? Uh, Chris Guccione is the, uh, is the exact foil of uh, Gibson, who we just saw. Uh, Guccione, all eight of his starts... All eight of his assignments behind home plate, I should say. All unders. Zero overs. Lance Barrett working for the bottom up. Ten out of his 12 have gone under. Sam Holbrook, nine out of his 11 have gone under. Roberto Ortiz, nine of his 11 have gone under. And Trip Gibson, the third. Because who could uh, who could forget what Trip Gibson, uh, the second and uh, senior, did as well? Uh, 12 of his 15 have gone under the total. Again, we don't know the ballparks necessarily, ballpark by ballpark, but generally speaking, those are their numbers. Does any of these jibe with your historical umpire numbers? Oh, yeah, this one's good. So Roberto Ortiz is the number one base winner umpire. 92.8. So his his, uh, ERA is 8% lower than the average umpire uh, over a 32-game sample. I think this this guy's kind of a a newer guy, but he's got a 32 game sample. And then Trip Gibson is uh, ranked like number seven uh, in the under. He's 5% uh, lower <laughs> ERA than the average. Yep. That's awesome. So Roberto or- uh, Roberto Ortiz and Trip Gibson the third, who respectively nine out of 11 have gone under and 12 out of 15, they are historically in your uh, rolling four-year numbers. They are in uh, Ortiz's number one period for your under. Number one, and then Trip, Trip Gibson's like number six or seven. I'm trying to, trying to count them. Okay, but, but up in the top ten. All right, that's why we do this because some some of this stuff is going to be you know just hey this is fun to look at stuff, and then other stuff like this is completely actionable, and uh, so again check the umpire assignments when these guys are behind home plate, and that should inform some of your wagers. We'll come back more with Mark Borchard. We got to do first fives. Those numbers, uh, which Joe Osborne over there at Odd Shark put together, and then proprietary first inning numbers, which pitchers start games phenomenally well, which don't, might inform for some of your uh, first inning bets. We'll do that on our Q3 derivative show here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the sports betting network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Jason Kahn, producer number seven, is here as well. Uh, all of my producers have a uh, lasting legacy of some sort. Uh, Jason's might be the speed with which he leaves the studio, uh, relieves himself in the bathroom, and returns. I have you clocked at one minute and 42 seconds, Jason. This is very impressive on your part. Do you wash your hands? Is that part of the equation? You do. All right, just making sure. Ann and I are sitting here marveling at the speed with which you do it. Uh, I think BetMGM's proud of their sponsorship right now when we talk about this. Uh, let's go back to uh, Mark Borchardt from an undisclosed location somewhere in the uh, in the desert. He's amazing, Mark. I just had to point it out. He's incredible with the speed with which he does stuff. Uh, this well, is, and I was thinking, I was thinking like more like producer number one having his car like started in the parking lot, waiting waiting for the nine o'clock bell or whatever time he ended the show back there. <laughs> That's great. Producer number one, Mike Lambord, the quickest exit from the 
from the studio as well. Oh, they've each got it. My favorite is producer number three, Jorge Mondaca, who I mentioned uh, would turn his back at the beginning of the show to uh, analyze national anthems of soccer sides to determine what, who, which, which side he would bet on based on the passion with which they sung the national anthem. It's fabulous. It's fabulous stuff. Uh, shout out here to Joe Osborne at Odds Shark, who puts together a first five innings Major League Baseball betting report. So I am using his numbers, which are only updated through August 20th. So we've missed four days of baseball since then. So forgive me for not tabulating these on my own because we're catching it midweek from Joe. But thank you to Joe for putting these out. Um, but these are the top money line records, first five in all of baseball as of four days ago. These have shifted a little, and what they really have done is gotten more compact at the top. But essentially what they were four days ago, and we'll listen, the Tigers of all teams, the Tigers, the Detroit Tigers were the most profitable five-inning team in all of baseball this year. Uh, as of four days ago, they were 58, 53, and 12 for over 16 units. I think that's come back a little bit, as has the Giants, who uh, f- through five were 66, 40, and 15 for almost 16 units. The White Sox are in that list. They were up uh, near 14 and a half units with their record. And the Astros, I think, have, have won three first fives since then over the last four days. So the Astros have made all of this very close at the top. But those are the four teams that have really got it done in first fives. And once again, Mark, based on standings, one of these teams is not like the other. For betters, the Tigers, just very odd. Yeah, yeah and you and it's not like they have like, well, they have a bad bullpen, which is one thing, but they it's not like they have tremendous right. pitching. So you could be like, well, they have these two starters and they're going to win, but... Uh, that's just a that's a pure odds play to me. It seems like you know they're they're just catching good good odds you know for that first five. Well, that, I mean, so yeah, the the odd part exactly is not obviously they're getting plus money and good plus money, and that's why they're here. But that's the odd part. What you just said is it's not like a murderer's row of starting pitching where you're like, oh well, yeah, that makes sense, that kind of thing. Yet here they are uh, again with a uh, stellar first five record, and then we go to the bottom. And it's, it's really kind of more of the same. It's the Twins, the Rangers, and the Pirates. Again, when these teams are bad in baseball this year, they are bad every which way. Money line, run line, first five, it doesn't matter. They just suck. Is that a technical term? Twins are the worst. Twins, by the way, the most disappointing team in baseball from preflop this year by far of anybody. Rangers are next. Pirates. Uh, and then, then it gets a little, you know, interesting the Mets, obviously the Jacob DeGrom injury, but imagine that the Mets have, they had DeGrom in the rotation for much of this year, and they still end up as one of the worst first five teams for betters, who again, blind, bizarro exercise if you bet them every single first five this year, whether they were a favorite, whether they were a dog, they would have cost you over 20 units this year. And then there's the Padres, who at least with starting pitching, has certainly been the most disappointing. Yeah, that starting pitching was was is great. You know, the Padres might be the most disappointing team in baseball. I know my ratings had were really high on them, and and the bullpen. I don't know if it was overused or just one of those things where they just they just haven't had you know the players just haven't pitched well. But uh, to me, they're they've been one of the most disappointing teams in the game, Gil. I'm going to say Twins are the most disappointing from pre from preseason projections. I'm going to say Twins. But certainly a lot of people would say Padres. And I'm going to say right now, 
in season, the third most disappointing team is the Philadelphia Phillies because they have the easiest cupcake schedule the rest of the way. All they're doing is falling further behind the Braves. They're the outside looking in in the, in the wild card race, but their schedule is set up so beautifully. It's like if they don't get there, I was saying this yesterday, they are right up there in the disappointment discussion, I think. Yeah, this is one of those teams where I was talking about the offense uh, on Friday uh, and and uh, with, with Jeff, and I said, you know, this Philadelphia team on paper, they look like Tarzan, but the way they've been producing over the last couple of w- weeks, they look like Jane. And uh, I don't know if they heard me because they actually hit pretty good on, on they, I don't know, they actually hit pretty good on Sunday. So, you know, you got to give them credit for taking two or three versus the Padres, but getting swept by the Diamondbacks, that, that's yeah. a mortal sin this, this late in the season. We'll come back. We'll do proprietary first inning numbers with base winner right here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. Now is the perfect time to start planning your football contest strategy. And the VEASAN Pro Football Guide is the perfect way to start. It is out today. Our VEASAN experts have won major football contests around Las Vegas. Our guide will give insight on against the spread contest as well as survivor pools to give you a winning edge. Download the VEASAN NFL Guide today for only $19.99 or get VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Uh, Circa having their uh, panel this weekend with uh, Las Vegas Chris, Michael Lombardi flying in. Mike Palm is going to uh, to moderate that one, so that should be fun. It's contest season. That means football is right around the corner. Cannot wait for that. Uh, it's Gil Alexander. We get tweets at beating the book. Got to read some of these. Uh, a lot of comments on Drew's hair. That's the first thing. A lot of comments on Drew's, on Drew's hair this morning. Uh, Z Free, damn, just missed those tennis recommendations, and Gil is in fuego. Anyone catch those care to share? Uh, yes, he got a response, and the correct response from, uh, from another uh, who was following on Twitter, Zachary Kurska, who was kind enough to respond. Ruth Savori, no higher than minus 120 against Bublik in Winston-Salem, and Sasnovich currently around plus 114 or so against Podoroska. Uh, and that's at Cleveland. Yeah, I got her at plus 123 last night, but that's where she is now. Thank you, Zachary, for responding to that. Uh, this is from do, 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 <laughs> William Hill, our own Will Hill, not the Will Hill, uh, saying to uh, Drew, asking the people about Drew's uh, hair or commenting on it, saying, let's see his rug. <laughs> he does not have a rug. Stop it. Uh, this is from, this is about, uh, okay, Cricket Man. This is very kind from Cricket Man at Amos Feeder. Uh, I appreciate, Gil, professionals who make the listening a joy. Even your damn mic posture. It's a, it's hard to make a geekorama so mainstream. Thank you. That means a lot to me. I'm trying to make geekoramas mainstream. Uh, Trader John, uh, talking about Drew Dinsick's uh, segment earlier, I like the U.S. Open content. I did have the same thought as Drew and sprinkled some Teichman at 80 and 90 to 1 just for giggles. I can't argue with that. And then uh, Mark Borchin and I doing our Q3 derivative show for baseball from a betting standpoint. Steven Vegas, uh, I watched Chris flex in uninspiring sporadic starts over the last two years with the Mets. There is no way anyone outside of his family bet on him in every start. That's the upset of the season. Well, as you know, Steve, uh, not saying anyone did, just uh, through the betting uh, exercise of it. What would it look like for betters who have backed him? And you're totally right. It's a complete anomaly. Uh, this also from uh, Steve. I watched Edwin Moscoso behind the plate of a Mets game. 
Uh, his strike zone was so wide that Marcus Stroman had a complete meltdown by the third inning and got rocked for his worst start of the season. This is only his second season jumping worth keeping an eye on. Strike zone so wide, or you meant so narrow, I guess, on that one. I'm not sure I'm uh, following that one. But anyway, I, I love the comments on on that segment. Uh, Jay, touchdown Jays. Is Tarzan and Jane with that sort of, uh, oh, yeah, he, did, he didn't like that. I don't know. I don't know what he's saying. That wasn't me who said it. He's saying I said it. Um, okay, here's the thing. Let's uh, let's do first innings. First innings, proprietary first innings. You won't find these anywhere else. Um, and this is the kind of thing that could inform your first inning wagers, or I don't know. Maybe you maybe you find it not predictive. Maybe you maybe you find it just narrative that it's what's happened. But this is the story with first innings. And uh, Mark, I'm going to go through on base average. On base, uh, so opponents' on base percentage against these pitchers in the first innings of games. So some people like to bet, bet yes, no runs in the first innings. Um, on base average, the worst minimum 60 plate appearances against this year. Any guesses who has the worst first inning opponents' on base average among starting pitchers this year? I couldn't have guessed this in a million years, but I know it because I was able to pull it up and I have JC Mejia. Yes. 0. 0.465. <laughs> so I have JC Mejia and Jake Arietta in a dead heat. Um, and that's interesting that you have 465. I have them at 450. Either way, we are simpatico on the facts that it is Gene Carlos Mejia and Jake Arietta, the worst first inning pitchers in baseball this year. Um, and you just wonder. Well, I think Mejia was so bad at one point because he was Gene Carlos, and I think he just changed his name to JC, so maybe people would forget about it. <laughs> just go <laughs> witness protection. Uh, also on that list of really bad, uh, Chris Bubick, Griffin Canning, Brad Keller, Caleb Smith, Jarrett, uh, pardon me, Garrett Richards, Carlos Martinez still uh, clocking up there above 400, Patrick Corbin. But, yeah, Gene Carlos Mejia and Jake Arrieta. So keep that in mind, perhaps, when you're betting first innings. Now, by the way, just one other note, Shohei Otani. So a lot of people like Shohei for Cy Young in addition to MVP. If this were a first inning thing, remember all those walks he issued early in the season? Those are still haunting him on that because he ends up being, he's still a top 20 worst. He's the 17th worst in terms of first inning on base, but a lot of 388, by the way. But a lot of that is from those early season walks where he just was issuing free passes left and right. Yeah, that was interesting. He had one game against New York, and maybe that'll cost him the, the Cy Young if he, if they're uh, if they're comparing him to Cole, because he was just terrible uh, in New York. But I, it's an interesting – I heard you guys talking about it on the show yesterday. It's really an interesting discussion, because in my opinion, there's no way he should get it. But I can see people – uh, saying that he will because of the sen- sentimental uh, part of it. And, and uh, you know, Jason made a pretty compelling case for him yesterday. But I think by the numbers, I just can't, I can't buy it just looking at the hard numbers. Yeah, you were the guy who came on here and said Robbie Ray right around midseason at 100 to 1. And and we snickered, Mark. We snickered. Look who's not, look who's not I snickering know, check, now. So check out this stat. This could be the stat of the day here. We've got uh, total DraftKings points uh, accrued through the season. Garrett Cole, number three, but number one, in the American League with 555. Robbie Ray, number two in the American League, 537. And then if you go to uh, Otani, he's way down at number 37. So um, what's the stat? Oh, what, what was that stat? 67. 
What this was is it? cumulative DraftKings points accumulated oh. uh, accumulated over the season. Oh. I, I think this is a good as good of a, a metric as any. You know how many how many uh, DraftKings points has he given you for your daily fantasy games? Interesting. And, and Cole, yeah, yeah, and and, and so Otani's way down at like forty two. Cole number uh, number one in the American League. Robbie Ray number two. Sorry. Interesting. Just had to get a shot in on Robbie Ray before we uh, left here. Okay, and and the best pitchers in the first inning. Any guesses? On opponent on base. Uh, you know what? I, I just looked at it. it. Was Alec Mano is what I had. Uh, he probably doesn't have enough plate appearances against because I, oh, I, I said space. you're looking at 60, 60. Mike, Mike Miner, really? Mike Miner, bingo, bingo, 191 uh, of all people, of all people, Walker Bueller, Zach Greinke, Hugh Darvish, Max Scherzer, Dylan Bundy, Carlos Rodon following him. So a lot of names you might expect Mike Miner. Not one of them that you might expect. So that's interesting, again, to inform perhaps your first inning bets moving forward. Mark, always fun. Q3, the quarter poll. I always appreciate it year after year, man, for you being a soldier on these. Thank you, sir. Yo, my pleasure. It's been, been many years, but it's always fun. It's always, always great fun. to talk baseball with you, man. And, and always revealing. That thing at the bottom of uh, the money line, just that there's no good teams polluting. That just shows you how bad the bad have been. Um, thank you, sir. And again, the picks for baseball today from Mark, a Milwaukee St. Louis parlay that pays plus 112. And then he's on the Mets against the magical San Francisco Giants. We'll come back. Bryant McFadden on that preseason theory I had, and uh, it will lead to a week one bet. And I'm making it. He convinced me. It's next. The numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. No one raises the stakes for English Premier League action like BetMGM. Sign up for the BetMGM app using code VSIN100. And if your first wager is a $1 money line bet on any EPL game, you'll receive $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. The opportunities to win big this season don't stop there. Try BetMGM's one-game parlay feature to make selections within a single soccer game. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN100 to win $100 when you bet on any English Premier League game and either team scores a goal bet fearlessly on dozens of sports at betmgm the king of sportsbooks new customer offer paid in free bets eligibility restrictions apply visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions must be 21 years of age or older wager please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in nevada and by the way paul carr i wasn't here on friday uh but paul carr was on with jeff parlay and i believe he went three and oh on his premier league picks uh and i i want to say he went did, was that the first week of Premier League, or did he do that the did he do 3-0 the previous week? I'm not sure, but Paul Carr was on fire uh, to start the season here with the Prem. So uh, we'll get him on, of course, uh, later this week as well to get his thoughts for the upcoming week in the in term, the absolutely lengthy 38-week, uh, 38-game, I should say, Premier League, which is uh, actually more than 38 weeks. Um, as far as tennis plays today... Uh, just once again, Rusevori, no greater than minus 120. On the men's side, Emil Rusevori, the Finnish Emil Rusevori. And on the uh, ladies' side, uh, taking Sasnovich as a dog uh, in her match uh, on the ladies' side. That one's in Cleveland. The men are in Winston-Salem. The uh, ladies, this particular uh, women's tournament is in Cleveland. Sasnovich going up against Podoroska. So Rusevori and Sasnovich, again, 
Go light on these. I know we hit both yesterday, the ones that we played yesterday, and I know we're on some we're we're on an epic tear in tennis. And I just want to just again remain just sort of head down about these. When the tournaments get small like this, particularly in a big 1,000 level tournament and before a slam, you just funny things happen. Where again, if one of these players is down a set or down a break or down both, they might just be like deuces. And they might not just walk off the court. They might just play out the string, and you'll get a loss where you shouldn't have based on the number. So go go easy on these. Um, don't go crazy, but those are the two picks. Um, as far as baseball today, you're wondering, okay, well, those were Mark Borchard's picks. Again, he's on a Milwaukee-St. Louis two-team parlay, and he's on the Mets straight against the uh, the Giants. Never factoring in that Giants magic, that Mark Borchard. Um so those are his picks. Do I have any, are there any MLB brain dead parlays today? And the answer is, is quite frankly, no, because we're in this, uh, we're in this weird pocket for the first part of this week, the first half of the week, those series where a lot of the fade teams, not a lot, but a couple of them are playing each other. So Arizona's playing Pittsburgh and again, Arizona losing their, their 40th road game since April. So since April, the record on the road is six and 40. Good God. So they're playing Pittsburgh. So we're obviously not fading either of those two teams. Uh, and then the other matchup is Colorado's playing the Cubs. For instance, the Cubs are involved. I'm certainly not using the, the Rockies to play them. I mean, so there are some possibilities, but honestly, there isn't a two team brain dead combo that I like today because I've never considered the Royals as one of the, the worst six and a half. I know others have. They've never been one of my group. So I don't touch that. Uh, Washington is playing Miami. So that knocks out another two teams that are playing each other. So it's just a quirky little early part of the week. And so there is no brain dead MLB parlay. Um, so you'll have to go with uh, Mark's picks, which, uh, which uh, I don't know if I'll ride, but I'll certainly be following those along. Um, okay. Or following uh, along, I should say. Tony Schmidt's on Twitter at XOSchmittyOX uh, at beating the book. Thanks for the data on the umpire trends. What is a good link slash site to get the umpire's schedules? Uh, I would say, I'll give a shout out to StatFox. Uh, StatFox always has umpire listings, and they do them pretty good time so that you have some time to still make your wagers and consider them. Uh, in fact, uh, Mark Borchard adds, because he responds to this now, he said, uh, he said that, uh, uh, what does he say? Go to, what is it? After the first game of the series, they rotate clockwise. Oh, he's just giving a, just the mechanics of how it works with umpire uh, assignments in case you weren't aware. He says after the first game of a series, they rotate clockwise from first base to home plate. So the second game of a series, the first base umpire uh, in game one gets the plate game two. So for those who didn't know that, that's always what Major League Baseball does. It's a clockwise rotation. So you don't even need on most nights to consult a site like StatFox because once you have the first game, you might for the first game, by the way, but once you have that, you'll be able to figure out based on the assignments from the previous day, if that makes sense, and the next day and the next day and the next day. That makes sense, Jason? Yeah, clockwise rotation. Uh, so you can kind of figure it out yourself on most days of series. Okay, uh, I alluded to this uh, earlier because I had a discussion with Drew Dinsick about what I felt is probably the biggest thing about preseason that we're all missing as betters going into week one. Here's my conversation along with Matt Brown and Kelly Billen on primetime action last night with uh, former Super Bowl champ Bryant McFadden about just that. 
Let me let me uh, let me follow up on that because that's interesting to me. Obviously, this is the first year where there's no fourth preseason game. In previous years, when there was. Week three was always sort of the dress rehearsal week, and that was universal throughout the NFL. This year with the sort of bye week, the off week for everybody after week three, because there is no more preseason games and it's replaced by the rest week, I don't know that we can assume that everybody's going to use that as a dress rehearsal week or not. Maybe it will be team-specific, as you just indicated. And for those that go throughout a whole preseason without you know, having players get cohesive, uh, I'm, I'm looking towards week one from a betting standpoint, trying to figure out, does that help offenses? Does that help defenses? Maybe there's a, a way to, to look at totals as a result of that. Uh, what do you think about all that when you put it all in the mix? Is there an angle there? Yeah, the angle, when, it, when you look at betting week one, let's use the New York football Giants as an example. We have yet to see Daniel Jones play in the preseason. And great question, a great statement talking about the dress rehearsal usually would be week three, where there's no uh, week four this season and preseason. So will week three be the dress rehearsal? I would imagine week two would be the dress rehearsal because you only have three preseason games. But let's say Daniel Jones don't play one snap in the preseason. The New York football giants, I can't remember who they have week one, but whoever they have week one, I'm taking their, that team they're going against. Because, number one, I assume and I expect to see a slow start from Daniel Jones, a guy who clearly needs all the reps he can get. Number two, the chemistry offensively could be a bit lapsed. Not to mention Saquon Barkley, right, coming off an, a, uh, an ACL injury if he is in the lineup. So I don't know who the Giants are playing week one, but that would be a team I'm taking whoever they're playing. Broncos. Just from the standpoint of not the Broncos, and no question, I love the Broncos defense personnel-wise. That could be a guaranteed lock. I don't know what the, I don't know what the line is for that game, but I can tell you this much: take Denver and double back, double back week two against Washington because of their defense as well. And I love the under. Look at the season win total versus the Giants. I love the under. I don't see eight wins. I can see a push maybe happening, base, best case scenario. But outside of that, I lean more to the under than the uh, over and the win total based on some of the things I mentioned. We've yet to see that. Why? Why can someone explain to me why we have yet to see Daniel Jones in the preseason? So it's really interesting. 11, 11 passing touchdowns, 10 interceptions, below average numbers. And this could be a make or break year. But teams like that that have young quarterbacks that have been inconsistent, teams like the Giants that have been inconsistent offensively, when you look at the week one matchups, that's who I, I go opposite. I go whoever they're playing against because, like I said, I look to see a slow start from them because if they haven't participated together in preseason. Denver, one-and-a-half-point favorites on the um, – I, I will tell you this. I didn't expect last night – to have Bryant McFadden talk me into a bet. Kelly and Bidlin and I said this afterwards. We didn't expect Bryant McFadden to talk us into a bet. Former uh, Florida State Seminole, former Arizona Cardinal, Pittsburgh Steeler, former Super Bowl champion Bryant McFadden. Uh, but I think he did. And I don't know about the week two part against Washington, but that week one situation against the Broncos, I'm, I'm kind of with him. And that was kind of what I said earlier on this show today. I think it's the biggest thing we're missing in preseason heading into week one. It's okay maybe if Dak doesn't have any reps for the Cowboys. Maybe it's okay for Justin Herbert. Maybe it's okay for some of these guys. But Daniel Jones and the Giants? And Brian McFadden, again, veteran player, flabbergasted by this decision by Joe Judge and crew not to play Daniel Jones. So there's a lot of there's a lot of handicappers we know that are high on the Giants this year. I am not one of them, quite frankly. 
And uh, I don't know, he may have talked me into a Denver Broncos play week one of the NFL season. Really, at the very least, one of my contest plays. I assume I'll be in a contest. Still haven't gotten it officially, but I assume I will be. But uh, Brian McFadden, pretty uh, pretty much uh, you know, gobsmacked by this decision by the Giants. Okay, a couple uh, NFL notes to uh, wrap things up, one of which is uh, just a confirmation of what we've been told all, all offseason, and another is a ridiculous move in, NL, in a NFL MVP market based on the Saints' performance against uh, the Jaguars last night. We talked about the Jaguars side. We didn't talk so much about the uh, didn't talk so much about the uh, the Saints side. But uh, first of all, uh, Ian Rappaport at Rap Sheet confirming what Matt Nagy has told us all off season. Once again, uh, Matt Nagy telling reporters that quarterback Justin Fields will start in the final preseason game uh, for the Bears. Andy Dalton will sit because he is the Week One starter again. So Matt Nagy has been uh, true to his word all off season. Uh, that uh, Andy Dalton will be their number, will be their starter in week one. And again, I think the, the the natural landing spot for Justin Fields is week four against the Lions. That's my best guess there. And the other thing, last night, uh, we talked about the Jaguars' woes and Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. The Saints, man, I, I said this last night, Marquez Callaway maybe had the greatest single quarter of of being a wide receiver in preseason history. Five catches for over 100 yards in the first quarter last night, including two touchdowns that were spectacular catches from Jameis Winston. Uh, and uh, BetMGM, John Ewing reporting over there at uh, BetMGM that Jameis Winston, who is, uh, what, minus 190 to take the first snap for the Saints this year? Again, who knows about Sean Payton first snap shenanigans if he wants to throw in Taysom Hill, so I wouldn't bet it. But John Ewing telling us that Jameis Winston's odds to win the NFL MVP based on that performance, that 9 of 10 for 123 yard and two touchdown performance against the Jaguars last night, Goes from 66 to 1 to 50 to 1 to be your NL, uh, your NFL MVP. For those who are interested in Jameis, get him while you can. Uh, I say that facetiously. Lombardi Line, next, right here at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Enjoy. <laughs> 